a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Anaheim 1 wrap-up. Damn, Anaheim 1 is here. It's gone already. Can't believe it. Lots to talk about now, though. We'll be back weekly to uh, discuss the... uh, 2017 Monster Energy Supercross Series. Fly racing. Hey, take your photos of you uh, and go on the Flywall. The Flywall is a fun way for fly racing fans to share their photos on the fly racing site. You can be on a website, everybody. How cool is that? Head over to flyracing.com. Look for the Flywall in the upper right on the homepage. Choose post a pic. Upload a photo of yourself shredding with some fly gear. And if approved, the photo will show up on the Flywall. Flyracing.com. Uh, of course, uh, uh, great to have them as part of the show, and we appreciate it. Let's get into some Anaheim 1 hard talk, hard-hitting talk from Anaheim 1. First up with me on the line, he's my boss at RacerX Online. He's the voice of GNCC, the voice of uh, American Motocross, the voice of Endurocross, the voice of Geneva Supercross. Uh, NASCAR radio podcast guy, also a little while ago. He's the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? It was all about NASCAR this weekend again, man. We actually I mean, had we actually had an ESPN reporter. Way. We had an ESPN ESPN reporter at Anaheim. It was incredible. He was given the entire front row of the press box. I think just for himself. I'm not sure. I was told the front row was for ESPN, but there was only one ESPN person there. Um, but yeah, he actually recognized me because this is amazing. So I did that podcast for NASCAR about Monster joining their series, he listened to that, he heard RacerX on it, he Google searched RacerX, and then you know what he did hmm. for his research to learn everything he needed to know about Supercross? What? He watched our preview. He watched our preview shows. Really? And Ping. Yeah, wow. I don't know what he thought about the boobs. I don't know what he thought about Ping's drawings. <laughs> Probably a little confused over that part. <laughs> um, Jamie Little also. Jamie Little also said, hey, thanks for doing those shows. That's what I use for my research for these press conferences and these TV shows. So there you go. Educating wow. the world. Uh, also on the line here, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, working for flyracing.com, the Jason Thomas. It's time to do these again. I'm ready. I'm in... Uh Fired up. It's a little, yeah, a little uh, underwhelming main event situation, but we'll get into all that. Um, and also, too, they fell took some of our audio from those RacerX video preview shows and put it into the opening ceremonies of Chad Reed's intro. Now, I didn't really hear it. It was loud. It was open press box, so can't really hear much. But, I mean, it's possible that us three and Ping, these video shows, we might need to get some entertainment lawyers. We might need to get some representation for these Jackie, people. Jackie Charles. 
Yes. Yes. Because, you know, people are using these videos and, and putting them in stealing audio and everything else. Like, start, aren't they, isn't it worth some money? Why well, they, did, they did ask for permission. So let's careful with the words. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Yes. And that was, yeah, Chad Reed's uh, opening video, which, of course, they just used us to talk crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? They're just like, yeah, whatever, jerk-offs. Um, no, there's more people just saying he's old and but, Um. Anyways, hey, subscribe to RacerX Magazine. There's everything we have online is one thing, and in the magazine is a totally separate thing, and we're going to stop doing these podcasts if we don't get our subscription numbers up. So go to RacerX Online, subscribe. It's pretty cheap, and there's a whole bunch of stories in there that, that we'll never see the light of day online that we work really hard on. So... Yeah, I did uh, Dean Wilson's story this weekend and next that uh, you won't see any of it online. In and out of the 2008 Sprinter van and his crazy dad and mom running the program. And uh, also this issue right now, you want to get the digital subscription so you can get it before it runs out. We have rider nicknames by craft beer titles. I think we have 50 craft beer names that can be applied as rider nicknames, and you can only get that. <laughs> in the magazine. Yeah, that's, that's maybe maybe back off that promo each, but yeah, exactly. People get the idea. Um and oh, my great. and my incredible Kenny Rocks into Honda online story uh did not make it into the magazine. It was originally supposed to people, but we got booted for an even better story. So as as much as you everyone loved that story, and I know they did, think about the story that was better that booted it. Think about that. Mm, interesting. Maybe it involves even bigger names than just Ken Rockson. Maybe even bigger superstars. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Um, do you want to talk about this? Uh, Weed, do you want to talk about this, these, these media guidelines from Feld in this press conference? I think people want to hear our thoughts on it. JT was out of there. No, right? I want to talk about Samuel Adams, Rebel Rider, Cooper Webb, uh, Easy's Payback Porter, Cooper we Webb, Arrogant Bastard Ale, Cooper Webb. These are some <laughs> nicknames. Craft beer nicknames. <laughs> By Rodder. Yep. So, Do you like this one? Sierra Nevada's Tumblr, James Stewart. Do you like that one? No. I think that's terrible. <laughs> um, um, okay, what were we talking about? These, uh, the press conference deal? Well, the Felt's trying something new, and, and let's, let's, mm -hmm. uh, let's applaud them. I'm always a guy for change. Um, yep. But I do feel like they missed the mark. They missed the... The message was lost between all the different PR people. The message was lost. But essentially, Feld does not want us media to go back into the pits to interview these riders. They're going to bring them to a room to have the top three riders plus some other notable names and do uh, do press conference with these guys. And uh, and then videos are all done with the video backboard. And initially, Wygant, I was told, like, you are not allowed to interview people in the pits. And the Kawasaki guys even said that, like, no interviews here, yeah. and I'm like, okay, that's super weird. Like, if I go into the pits to go see Phil Nicoletti, who is a friend of mine, sort of, um, I can't have a recorder out? And they're just like, no. But I think that was sort of lost in the translation of, you can't do the videos out there. But audio, why not? But I thought for the first time, the setting didn't work out that well because it was very loud. It went okay. It needs some, some fine-tuning. But Eli Tomac showed up, had a terrible main event. We'll get into that. Eli Tomac showed up. Cooper Webb, probably not very stoked on his race. He showed up along with the top three in each class. His J-Mart was there and Forkner and everything else. So it's a work in progress. Yeah, it's something that had to happen. I mean, it's, it was very lucky, selfishly for us, that you and I and, and JT, and, and we're insiders, and we can go right into the rigs after the race and find the rider and interview them literally while they're in their underwear. Um, but that's not 
that's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, you shouldn't have to get to the point where you can talk to a rider in his underwear to get an interview. I mean, this, this is a professional sport. You should be able to go to a press conference and know you're going to get quotes from the top three riders. Like, but hold who, on, hold on. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how NFL locker rooms are. Uh, for the most part, but they in the big games, so to speak, they a have a press conference, and second of all. The locker room, they expect you to go in there and get quotes. In this case, they're like, the locker room is open for the press. The rigs aren't really open for the press. They're just open for Mathis and I because they know us. But if any random local beat reporter just walked into the rig and said, I want to talk to Trey Kennard, they'd be like, who are you? Whereas the locker room, that's the exact point. You get a press credential, you can go in the locker room and get an interview. So this needed to happen. But, yeah, the execution, I don't think they had thought when they said, yeah, top three 250s, for example. And we are like, oh, so if you get fourth place? You're just not allowed to ever get interviewed ever. And I think everybody had not thought of that. Yeah. It was <laughs> what, some things and, that need to be ironed out. And I said, and, and Weed, you brought up a good point, like, okay, we're gonna, we want to talk to Tyler Bowers. And they said, well, we're going to get him for you and bring him into this room. Oh, and you're, okay. like, you're like, oh, you're going to contact 1551 50s PR guy who they don't have one, and you're going to tell Bowers, hey, show up in this room or whatever it is? Like that. And they were like, yep. Like they didn't think about that. And yeah. and it just turned out that yeah. I went back into the pits after the press conference and, and interviewed who I could. I was standing by their trucks or whatever, like the old days. So, yeah. I mean, it's different. But, I mean, really. Now, I do think, by the way, if you're a team like 5150 or, or any team like that, this could be flipped in your favor. The only riders, we only had, I think, eight riders total that ended up at this thing in both classes total. So, if you're one of these smaller teams, I would send my guys there every once in a while because if we're only getting eight and it's going to be a lot of the same dudes every week, we might be pumped to see a guy like Bowers if we haven't talked to him for three weeks. So it's actually, if you're a small team and the press doesn't even come your way ever, you can actually force yourself in, which is also cool. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it worked out great with the three 450 guys talking up front and then all of us at the back, we you at the front. Yeah. We're at the back because uh, McElrath and Plessinger and Marty – and Forkner were all open for interviews at that point. You know? Did you talk to Marty? Did you get Marty? No. I didn't get Marty. Okay. But did right. you hear Marty lash out on the podium about those people? How he's doing it for those people? Like, those people that he said that, like, they sound like assholes. Oh. If you ever find one of those people, I'm sure you'll tell them straight. <laughs> Did you see the look when Jenny said, you've been in this class 12 years? He, like, shook his head, like, like you're coming right out with that? <laughs> poor, poor Marty. Well, you know what? I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Anyways, back to the press conferences thing. Um, so it'll get better. Props to Fell for trying something. We'll see how it works from here. But some good, some bad. Some needs to change. So would you agree? Weege? Absolutely. It's a step that needed to happen. I mean, it's just unprofessional the way it was. So whatever pains we have in exchange, I guess you got to take them. The guys who really screws, though, the, the trans world guys, which is awesome for us. Cause, yeah, screw trans world. Yeah. Um, but they do. Yeah. How was your, Selfishly, it's great, but yeah. I can't think that way. They do uh, videos every weekend, how was your weekend, and it's video camera in the pits, and, and those guys are no longer allowed to do that. They have to do everything at the truck. So really it's an anti-trans world uh, rule, and, and, and we, we applaud that at Racer X. We're happy with that. So. Suck it, Anton. <laughs> exactly right. Um, all right, let's get into uh, the race a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it, some expected, some unexpected, I think. 
First up, uh, the track JT, really small, really like a small whoop, small triple, small takeoffs. Um, I guess, you know, obviously they're working with dirt that was already wet, I guess, when they were bringing it in. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would use the word short jumps, I guess, yeah. as far as versus small. Okay. The, the, the track was long, you know, the practice lap times were over a minute, well, short, even small, for the sprint whatever, laps. Whatever. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I'm just trying to clarify what you mean. I know, I know what you mean. Um, but the jumps were short, you know, it, some of the tracks we go to, they're just these mountainous, huge, even the rhythm sections are crazy tall. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, and the, and the dirt was soft in practice and it got better as the day went on. Uh, but yeah, overall pretty easy when you talk about obstacles as far as the racetrack. And I really think it was, it was the weather. Um, even though the weather didn't really you know, ruin the race or anything. I still think it had some ripple effects as far as the dirt being soft. And All right, we're back. We had another phone malfunction there, JT. Uh, no one in the history of podcasting has had more outside noise or phone problems than Jason Wygan, everybody. All it, right. defies, it defies all science and logic. We bought him a phone. We bu- Moser and I bought him a phone. <laughs> And I'm talking about the professionalism of the press conference. Are you okay? All right. Are you using the new phone or no? Same old deal. Okay. All right. So JT, we'll we'll skip the track. We'll cut that. I'll cut it and make it work. But okay. So the track, anyways. Um, Weege, how mad do you think JT was as Roxon just dominated out there? Just laid it down. Sixteen second victory. You know, JT's been. Uh, not happy with some of the things Kenny's been posting and tweeting about and, and this and that. And, and I just a picture a furious Jason Thomas. Uh, you know, JT really wasn't the first thing that came to mind, um, you know, watching the season opener and watching, you know, a rider battling for the title and battling for race wins. Um, I don't know if it really was about JT. JT, do you think it was about you? Is that maybe the motivation? <laughs> I really don't think that had anything to do with it. No, I, I wasn't mad at all. I listen. I picked him to win in every you I'm know, fantasy yeah, or prediction I, I am, and I am column kidding, right. and everything I do to point towards a winner. He was my pick for the win, so I wasn't angry. I was. It was what I expected. It was a beatdown. Um, it was a beatdown. Uh, it was. I mean, I don't think he he was. You know, a half a second a lap better than Dungey most of the main event. I mean, yeah, it was 13 seconds in the end, but I don't think it 16, was some 16. monumental like ass whooping i really don't i, I think you don't think a 16 second lead was ass whooping no he won and he won you know pretty convincingly 16 but, seconds okay i mean i it, are you on are you team kenny now or what's happening <laughs> i'm not team kenny but that was an ass whooping I don't no, know if it's going to happen in San Diego. He, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Well, like, you just said great. you just said I don't know if that was an ass whoop. It, it was. Well, I, don't, I don't think it was like oh my god, just hand him the trophy. No one's ever going to be able to touch him. I don't. I didn't see that. I saw him better than Dungey. Yes, I did, but I didn't see anything where it's like there's no way anybody's going to be able to beat that guy all year long. I, well, I, I really no, didn't. Of course, I think not. Dungey will get better. I think Dungey will have great weekends, and I think Dungey is resilient when it comes to this stuff. So. Um, if you want me to do anything other than say that Kenny was the best guy on Saturday, I, I just want really you to say that that was an ass whooping, but it doesn't mean anything going into San Diego because Ryan Dungey's a bad dude. Um, you know what happens? I feel like in these main events like that. So, you know, Ryan didn't get a, the best of starts. Uh, Kenny actually cut him off pretty good on the start. You know, they started next to each other. Mm-hmm. So you would expect one of those two, whoever gets, uh, out of the gate better is going to cut the other off. 
And Ryan actually out-jumped Kenny, but Kenny got better acceleration across the gate. And then he cut over on Ryan pretty good. So Ryan was, I think, you know, somewhere around fifth coming over the first triple. Uh, and Kenny did a great job of getting away early. So by the time Dungey got into second, the race was pretty much over for the win. Uh, so I don't, I don't think Dungey felt like he was going to do anything stupid in that spot. So had Dungey started right on Kenny's wheel and that exact same thing played out, I, I would have probably leaned a little bit more your way. Um, but yeah, if, you know, if, if the question is, was Kenny the best guy, then yeah, it's a, it's an obvious yes. I just don't look at it maybe as black and white as some people are saying that he was, uh, as dominant as, as maybe you're looking at it. Hmm. All right. We each settle this. Yeah, I think it was pretty good, especially if you mix in, um, just the way things have been trending lately. I mean, it's been a while since, uh, I guess, you know, Tomac did beat him at Marshugal and Southwick. But there's been a lot of, yep, there's Kenny and there's everybody else races over the last six months or so. Um, one was outdoors on a different bike, but the Monster Energy Cup was not totally different. Now, he did crash, and that's certainly why we're not handing him the title at this point at Monster Cup. But this level of speed and just getting a good start and just rolling away from everyone and no one really be able to hang that close has kind of been the way this is trending for quite a while with him and i don't know how long it officially becomes a trend but um yeah it's you know it wasn't anything again to make you think no 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 that's not going to happen i feel like there was a lot of thought that this would happen and there's continues to be no sign that it's going to stop so i think you guys realize this was basically the same thing he did in 2014 as well right well, yeah, I agree, but I'm just saying that if it was only one race, it'd be one thing, but we've just seen this trending this direction for a long time. Um, that's the that's what makes it a little bit more dangerous than just 16 seconds or just one win. Well, right. he won by 3.1 in 14. He won by 16 this weekend. Um, okay. I'm yeah. just saying it's been a long time since someone's battled him. It's been a long time now since we've seen someone able to go as fast as him. Oh, I'm, I'm, he Tomac. qualified he's fifth. Like three guys, outdoors. He qualified fifth. He's never been a. He's not a. He's not a qualifier. He's not not a race. Oh, he's not. Like okay. Okay. Not. Here we go. The, here, walking it back already. It's over. It's over. Like, right, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. These are great sound quotes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am joking. Um, but it's over. No. <laughs> uh, he looked great. He looked amazing. Um, he did. Yep. He did. I, I would not say anything to the contrary of that i just think it's super early to make hard and fast assumptions ah, for how the next four months i've never work. i've never been known to do that i don't think anyone is because like i said no steve definitely is. one season opens before but this is undeniably to me scary this is undeniably like uh oh that's this could seriously become a problem that's where i'm at i agree yeah i don't i didn't yeah. get that from dungy I didn't see any panic. I'm not I saying really Dungey is. I'm just saying when you look at six months of barely anyone able to hang with him at any race he's in, how do you not think, hmm, this is something serious? Dungey was good, though. Dungey was good. Came up yeah. past Eli, past Marvin. Uh, and I think his gap on Marvin was, was, was pretty manageable. Um, so Dungey was good, for sure. I, didn't, I don't expect Dungey to have fear in his eyes. No, but... Um, I, I'll tell you this: if, if Dungey's if Dungey's not panicked, I definitely am not. So that's that's what I'm gauging. What about Kenny stopping and pointing to his butt patch and said, uh, "Bring it on with the flexed bicep"? Yeah, that's okay. that's pretty much part for the course from what I've seen the last few months. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, I'm looking at that going, oh, JT's so mad right now. I don't know. Trust me. It's not personal for me. No. I don't care. Um, I don't have anything riding on either of those two to win the championship. On anybody Nothing. riding. It changes except my for, life zero. Except for Chad. Well, yeah, I want him to, but I'm just saying as far as if R- Kenny wins, doesn't affect me at all. If Ryan wins, doesn't affect me at all. No, the only guy that affects you is Chad because the after party would be great and he'd be buying. Uh, he's a family guy now. I don't think there's much you, of that going on. If you won a title, but, you're telling me you wouldn't have like this some um, big bash if you won the Supercross title? I mean, maybe at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, please. Um, okay, so I want to touch on Tomac because really Eli won the heat. Uh, looked good all day. Good dirt for Eli. Soft, ruddy, chewy. You know, like one of those cookies right out of the oven. Um, hungry, too. The, But then he got arm pump, and he went, yeah, that's not good. I, JT, is that a opening round thing? And how did that happen? Why did that happen? How did that happen? Why does Eli Tomac, who's won races and, and you know, collected 800 podiums, Get arm pump at A1. And that's. That, I don't, do you think he'll get a forearm strong this week? I don't know. Maybe he should ask Kenny what Kenny thinks of the forearm strong. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I mean, to that me, was, arm pump has always been mental. It's, uh, to me, it's, it's a mental thing because there's really no explanation or rhyme or reason to it. Or like, I got it this time, but I didn't get it next time. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to diagnose. To me, when I was watching, I saw him get into second, and he looked great. And then I saw Dungey make a, he got into Dungey got into third around Marvin, and I saw Dungey close the gap. And this would have probably been like lap four or five. And Dungey made up time that one lap, and then I saw Eli make a huge mistake in the rhythm section where Trey Kennard crashed in uh, on the second lap. And when that happened. I was like, uh oh, this is a critical, critical moment for him mentally. Can he regroup and hold it together? Or is he gonna? Is Dungey passing him gonna gonna jack with him? You know, because I think he was expecting to beat Dungey on the, you know, in the main event, being starting second like that. Uh, and obviously, we all know the way it went. But I, I kind of pointed to that one moment as things kind of unraveled quickly for him. He got tight. He got nervous. He his brain kind of shifted from i got to move forward to oh crap you know what am, what am i doing wrong here and then mistakes kind of start to start, start to flow downhill so whether or not that you know i'm correct or not in my synopsis um that's just how i viewed it i saw you know dungy make up one, time one lap i saw a huge mistake and then everything kind of yeah, fell case, apart from yeah. there um but it's unusual to see a guy a champion like tomac have this happen it's unusual yeah, I mean, arm pump is a tricky thing. You know, it strikes people at different times, different ways. Uh, but, man, A1 is is pressure like no other. You know, unless the championship's on the line at Vegas or something, there yeah. there is really no other event like like Anaheim 1. Well, he had second goes. in the bag. Absolutely. I, I mean, you can't say he had second in the bag when it's like the third or fourth lap. He had a nice gap. Yeah, I, I still think it's... When you have a guy like Ryan Dungey behind you and like two or three seconds behind you on the third or fourth lap, I don't see how you can say you had it in the bag. Apparently, apparently, Weege, Ryan Dungey is the real winner of A1 all the way around for JT. No, I, that's not fair. He, he got beat soundly. Um, I'm just saying I don't think you can give Tomac second in the bag when it's the third or fourth lap. That, that's me. That's me. <laughs> yeah, that's just my that's just my takeaway. Okay. Um Anderson? I think that Tomac, uh, when he was in second, I mean, Tomac did the, 
what he was supposed to do, right? He got good starts. He had a good start as he and his main. That's the main yeah. Achilles heel thing he's going to fix. His starts were great. He made pretty quick work of Moose Gandy got in a second. And I, I, I agree with JT from the standpoint of I think those first few laps, he's like, all right. Kenny's in the lead. I'm where I want to be. I got a good start. I'm in second. Now I got to try to catch this guy. And then I think that that went off the rails. He went from offensive to defensive uh, pretty quick. But first, uh, first, first five laps. First five laps Dunge. Uh, uh, Eli was faster than Dunge. Eli put a 102.1, which was one second quicker than Dunge on a best lap to best lap. Uh, but then, like you said, that mistake, 104, and then 107 on lap nine, and it was over from there. But, um, yeah, Anderson. I, okay. yeah, I hope so. Uh, hey, props to Eli for showing up at the press conference. I like that because that was we, you and I are like, yeah, good luck getting Eli Tomac to show up here. Yeah, first or second to fifth. Yeah, forget it. But yeah. he showed up. Yeah. yeah, good, good job by him. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Anderson rode well. Mar- Marvin rode well. Marvin qualified fastest. Uh, Weege. Marvin was fastest qualifier. Uh, good for him. And uh, third place for the opener, continuing his, his offseason of, of speed. Yeah, I mean, you look at the improvement that he has made. Okay, you know, Dunn still got the better of him, started behind him and beat him. Uh, and, and it was third. Obviously, Roxham won. But you look at the improvement that he has made, um, but compare him to where he was against those two guys a year ago at this time, uh, it's pretty impressive. And also, I learned – I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have been to test tracks a million times. Matt, this you earned a living working at test tracks when you were a mechanic. But uh, I finally got to see firsthand these weirdo stories people talk about that I swear are just lies. Because I saw, I went to the KTM track on Friday. I saw all three Bankers guys do motos together. And literally, like the three races, they each had one where they were faster. I was like, I mean, whenever they say that, I'm like, oh, I'm sure. I'm right. sure you don't know which guy's faster. I'm sure. Well, I actually saw it. When I first showed up, Marvin looked so terrible, and Anderson looks so good. I'm like, Anderson's winning Anaheim 1, and Marvin's got big problems. And then 24 hours later, Marvin is the fastest qualifier of anyone. So I really learned what they always say, you know, what happens in a random moto at the test track, who's flying, who's not flying. All that off-season stuff doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay. Uh, is this where you drop in that you uh, went to Chipotle with uh, Ryan and his dad? Well, yeah, but most importantly, I want to throw that in, not because I went to lunch with the Supercross champ the day before the season. That's not the most important part. The most important part is Ryan's dad paid. That was, that was my next question. So you got free Chipotle. Free lunch. <laughs> free lunch, baby. Oh, yeah. Shocker, huh, JT? Shocking. That's great. Shocking. There's always a reason for anything that Weege does. And it always revolves around money. Yeah, people might have thought I was going there for scoops or information. No, it was for scoops of uh, barbacoa or whatever they call it. <laughs> what did um, you just say? Barbacoa? It's barbacoa, I think. Yeah, barbacoa. Barbacoa. That's like a character I, on Star Wars. I just Wars. mixed it up because I don't know what any of them are. I don't know what they are. Captain Baracloba or whatever. You General just... General Barbacoa <laughs> of the Rebel Alliance. Um, Anderson was good. Anderson came up, got a fourth, um, then said that uh, the Conor McGregor kicked his ass. I like that. Um, I, I I don't I don't care about Kenny wearing a suit. Everybody, I don't care. Leave me alone on Twitter. Like whatever. Cool. He, he's in a suit. Right on. Isn't aren't people reading into that too much? Like I think he wore a suit. Like he said he did, because he's like, other players in other sports wear suits to press conferences. Do you think there's any more to it than that? People are like, oh, that's totally jacking with Dungeon. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Ken's done a lot of things like that, but I don't think this Leave me alone about it. I don't care. Wearing a suit is not has nothing to do with Ryan Dungey, in oh. my opinion. No. No. Um, some of us were on Team Sealy coming into this season. What would you think, JT, of Cole Sealy, sixth place? I thought he was good. I don't think that was necessarily a great track for Cole. No. So no, I, I think he suffered a bit from that. Uh, but his starts were good. His, you know, form was good. He was really good in all the practices. You know, he was on, you know, on that, like, the board wasn't really working, but he was, you know, around the top five the whole time. Yep. So I think there are good things to come. You know, if he came out and got on the podium at San Diego on a track that I think suits or, or a dirt style that suits him better, I would not be shocked at all. So I think great things are to come from him. I still am a little unsure of your multiple wins theory. Um, but he's going to be a legit player at multiple races this year. I just don't know if he'll get the win or not. We did see the top six in this race be the top six guys that we've talked about in our preview shows and our preview pod. And I mean, it's not like we're onto something that no one else is. Everyone else is seeing that, but it is interesting to me that, uh, Sealy was sixth, 11 seconds ahead of Millsaps in seventh. Like we saw, and when you look at the best times, they're all 102, 103. And then the next group starting with Davey Millsaps in seventh is 104. Pike and 104, Grant and so on. Um, interesting that the divide was there. Six guys? Yeah, six guys. you know, to me, those six are definitely the guys. Yep. But more, more interestingly to me, I think there's a really, really cool uh, storyline shaping up here, and I actually wrote about this for Breakdown. That'll be on racerxonline.com uh, tomorrow. Bob's will be up too, people, real soon. But if you really, if you look at this, it's basically Roxon versus – the trio of Baker boys. And I, and I That's see a movie. that continuing. That's a movie, the, the Baker trio, boys. Tri- What's that? The Baker boys. It's a movie with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I, I understand that, and, and that's why I use it as a, as a term. Um, but it's, it's man, it's like kind of no. Kenny against a whole an army of mm. guys because he's really got to battle three of them. And you know those guys are practicing together. Not so much that they're on the same team, but it's really KTM and Husky are one brand, kind of. Yeah. Uh, that's a... I mean, I don't think Kenny gives a crap. I, I really don't. I don't think he cares at all about he's obviously with his butt patch. He's like, bring it on. Um, he literally said it, that. He literally said that. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting storyline, though, that those three are all kind of working together and scheming about how to get one guy. And I don't really think that Cole Seeley is on Team Kenny by any means. So how that plays out over the next four months of can those three work together to close the gap in speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a pretty cool story to watch unfold that, you know, if, if it wasn't for the Alton Baker thing, I would, I think it would be much more disjointed than that. Right. It would kind of be every man for himself, but those trio working together, I think they have a chance to, to cut into this. Millsaps uh, wrote a quiet race in seventh. Good job by him though. Um, Pike eighth. Now him and Reed were going at it for, for a number of laps. Chad told me that he hit Weston as hard as he's hit anybody ever, and Weston didn't move. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but what did move? What did move was was Reed's water water pump, and uh, so DNF for Chad. Not a great way to start, um, but that was a good battle. And Pike afterwards. Pike is feisty. It's A1, and he's ready. He's ready. Anybody wants some, anybody wants anything, go see 32. He's already in midseason form. Uh, complaining about Chad, complaining about trying to move him, how he can't, you know, he's not going to move over, and good luck, and how'd that work out for you? And very, <laughs> a- very angry at Vince Freeze. 
As he should be. <laughs> Very angry at Vince Freeze. Pike that guy is, is the biggest cross jumper I've ever seen. Ever. Pike is ready. He's he had Weed, you listen to it. Not happy with, with uh, Freeze. I, I literally I wasn't rolling on the floor laughing out loud, but I was literally laughing out loud. You folks have to go to have to go to the pulp site and have to listen to the Pike podcast. If you've ever said, Man, I wish these guys were stirred up and be more WWF, which you know I'm a fan of. <laughs> right, right. Pike railing on Freezy. Not Reed, he was I think fairly respectful to Reed. Yeah, fairly for Pike. But Freezy, oh my God, he said things that I've never heard a motocross rider say. And I after- he said Okay, go ahead. I could have ended his career if I wanted to. <laughs> he I've never heard a rider say that. After we, I, I have. I heard Tyler Evans tell Ernesto Fonseca that he was going to chop his legs off and mail them back to his mother in Costa Rica. Well, Phil Phil with a throat slit gestures. I, I assume that means Phil's going to actually kill a human being. So, um, But... Uh, JDR is just a moss. We're just moss to the flame. I mean, the characters over there, oh, just good. by chance, like they purposely hire these dudes. But you just can't stay away. I, Phil, which we'll get to, and Pike, oh, it's great. I hit, after I hit stop, I said to Pike, are you okay with all that? And his response was, fuck yeah. Okay. So I went on. I did. did okay. <laughs> I mean, I gave him a chance to be like, hey, bro, like, <laughs> you know, do you want to maybe rephrase some of that? Nope. So, um, <laughs> Josh Grant had to go to the LCQ, so his ninth looks good. Uh, that's about like that's a nice race for Josh Grant. If you look at the top ten guys, uh, as you said, Reed went out. Canard, JT, uh, he had. A, did you guys see his practice crash? I did. I happened to be looking. I, I happened to be looking right at him, and it was pretty nasty. For Canard, yeah, yeah, I saw it on video. We yeah. had it on video oh, in, okay. the, in the Rocky Mountain KTM. Yeah, truck. not good. Um, no, it was ugly, and uh, so his shoulder was sore. Although odd to take a parade lap and pull out. That's yeah, I don't, I don't think but, we're going to get good news on that end. Yeah, so um, that wasn't great. Um, uh, so anyway, so Cooper Webb, 10th. And honestly, if it's one race, no panic buttons here. I don't even know where it is right now. And I'm not going to sound it. But Wygant, that was not good. The semi, er- everything was not good for Cooper Webb. I think it would have been okay if not for... The hype, I think, was a little too much, and, and Cooper didn't ask for that. Um, it got a little out of whack. You know, I had multiple people, and honestly, some very credible, even ex-racers, telling me that they thought he was going to win. What? Um, no. And not based on practice, just in general, like, yeah. And I think it's based on, you know, these rookies often come out on fire. Maybe they're not good for the whole season, but they, they, they start out just super pumped up. I was hearing that stuff, and I'm like, man, just from some of the stuff I've heard from the test track, not saying he sucks or anything, but like I don't think it's going to be one of those. I don't think it's going to be one of those. I, you know what? Maybe it's the Bradshaw thing because he won Anaheim when he was a rookie, and people keep wanting to compare Cooper to him. I think all that set everything way out of whack. And if it was just a normal rookie debut, and he ended up well, he got better as the whole thing went on, and he got tenth, it was fine. But people expected him to win. I'm not kidding; they did, and that's what makes it look so bad. I never thought he would win ever. But no, I'm on, you, well, I'm you were one of the people that told me that, but I heard way. some very credible people saying, I think Cooper's going to win tonight. You can just see that he's got that swagger. Was it, like, was, yeah, it a, but, was it a guy named Reth Rarick? <laughs> no. Did he rhyme he, with well, that? Okay, that's someone in his group. What did he think? Was he saying this? Uh, he, was yeah. pretty, he, he was pretty high on Coop's chances. Not winning. Uh, yeah. Not winning. Not winning. But, uh, but he doing thought he was well. doing really well. Doing better than, than um, this. Yeah. Wasn't good. I think Cooper, Cooper admitted after the race, you know, 
everyone knows that he's pretty headstrong and, and all that. But he admitted that it actually got to him, like seeing how many dudes are in that class, and he got a little intimidated. And he even said, and I think this all played into it, like even in his autograph line, I think he had so many people saying, I think you can win, I think you can win. And he probably knew after practice that, yeah. oh, crap, this is not going well. And now all these people are telling me I'm going to win, and I kind of know deep down inside that that's not really – I'm not feeling that great right now. I think it just messed him up. Um I don't expect them to go from 10th to 1st anytime soon, but I think it'll get better slowly but surely, and I think it'll be okay. But the hype train was a little unrealistic, I think, for this one. It's just not his style. Um, yeah, JT, that's kind of what – I mean, you I mean, you said, hey, I don't know how good he's going to be. Yeah, I, I really thought he was going to struggle. I think, uh, you know, the start wasn't there. He didn't get a start all night, and that was the one thing I thought would – that was the most critical element of his day. You know, his lap times weren't good in practice, and he really just didn't have a good day overall. Uh, and even in the semi, you know, he got a decent start, but he was, I mean, those guys were giving him everything he wanted. You know, he had nothing. Weimer's been, on the bike. To... Weimer's been on the bike for two days. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he could make any time on Weimer but for sure, but even guys that you would expect him to beat soundly were, you know, everything he wanted and more. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a great day. I don't know if I expected him to struggle that much, mm-hmm. uh, but I did expect him to struggle because I, I think the pace and the intensity and the fitness level for the 450 class, I just think it's it's more than he's had to deal with so far in Supercross. Uh, just the challenge of racing the guys he's racing now versus what he faced last year, I just think it's a completely different level. Uh, and and he will adapt. I, I fully believe that. I think he will learn and he'll get better and, and he'll figure it out. I just thought it would be a little bit of a wake-up call, and I think we saw that. Who was, uh, JT, I'll start with you. Who was somebody that was sneaky good, in your opinion? Sneaky good. I'm going to say Millsaps. Okay. And we uh, Coming in sick and, and a bit hurt, I did not expect him to be that solid for, for 21 minutes. It's odd that Davey let everybody know that at the press conference, too. It's odd. He was sick, though. I mean, he was uh, coughing, yeah, and, yeah, and Brittany I'm was sure sick. Was. And I'm sure he was. There, was, there wasn't a – that wasn't, just, you know, BS or, know. or trying to I take know. the pressure off him. He was sick. I'm sure he was. I absolutely believe it. Just, you know. And then I think my second sneaky – No, 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 no. Just, you just get one pick. Uh, Weege. Second sneaky no. would be Weston. Okay. All right. Weege, who's your sneaky good pick? And then my third pick, my third <laughs> sneaky would be Weimer. Stop it. Stop it. This is amazing because it's none of the ones I said, so I'm pumped on this. Just keep going. Yes. This is great. Okay, I'm going to tell you uh, who mine. Oh, go ahead, Weech. Yeah, I got Poor one. Sneaky Alberson. Okay, it was the sneaky goodest. Yes, the sneakiest goodest. That's my. Baggett. That's my sneaky goodest. Uh, Blake Baggett, second in the heat. Then in the main, he fell opening lap. He was dead last. He had the seventh best lap uh, of the night. So right after the big six guys we talked about, the next fastest dude was Blake Baggett. But was he and really sneaky? Was he lap sneaky or two, though? He stayed with Tomac a little bit. Stayed with Tomac. him here and there for a few laps. He was good. JT? Was it yeah. sneaky, though, is, is my question, because I think we, we well, those of us who talk to people that are at practice tracks had an inkling he was going to be fast. Sneaky go. Like, he was great. I give, it's unfortunate that he crashed on the first lap, because I think he could have given guys like Seeley and Tomac and Fifth anything that they wanted more. Uh, right, good for him. But we, What's that? Good for him. Good for Baggett. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome yeah. to see a resurgence for him who's, you know, he's had a rough go of it here in the last year or so. Will you walk home if he gets in the top five? No, he's going to get in the top five. Will you walk home if he gets in top three? No. Will you walk home if he wins? 
Mm, no, I'll jump up and down and cheer for him. Okay. Um, uh, before, I think my second sneak goodest was, uh, I no, was going to say Josh Grant. Was no, we just, just one, okay, just one. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Brayton was not good. Uh, Brayton's, to me, 15th for Brayton. Webb was maybe a bit more of a news uh, of, of a little guy under little under expectations. Uh, Weege, not everything's great with Brayton underneath that truck. Is kind of what we're hearing. Obviously, this is going to be um, you know it could work out, but there are some significant challenges there. I mean, There's this team has never had this type of situation going on. Uh, that bike brand new. It's not what the rest of the team is even racing. I think there's a lot of challenges there. I mean, if the bike is good and we know Brayton can ride well, they might be able to straighten it out. But it's definitely not plug and play like it was on the. I don't. Well, when you got Team Honda four years ago, you know what I mean. It's going to be a lot more challenging than that to make this work. I don't think Brayton should be beat by a two days on the bike Weimer, a guy in a Sprinter van, Dean Wilson. And he was just beat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what are, what's the what's the real big difference between Dino and Brayton right now, as far as equipment and situation? Because I would say they're pretty close. Yeah, but I mean, Dino's running basically a stock motor, from what I understand. You know. Yeah. Goodbye. I just don't think Brayton's bike is Roxon's bike either. So I. No. I'm just saying that I think they're. Fairly, fairly similar situations. That's all. Maybe, yeah. I'm sure Braden's life is a little easier, but I don't think they're. I like drastically different equipment level. Braden's got a lot more of a track level of actual solid results at 450 Supercross than Dino. Mm, yeah, I think I'll one thing that, actually that works. I mean, almost, Dino's had and this is just for one race, just for the owner. Racer, I, think I think it almost works in Dean's favor that Dean's just riding the same bike and same stuff he's had for months, and he's just riding out of the Sprinter van with his dad working on the bike. I think Braden had a lot more. Jam together, kind of late, trying to figure stuff out. New truck, new team, new people around him, new bike. Um, so in the long run, maybe it'll be okay. But I, I actually think he almost had more going against him than, than Dean would have. But, man, it was not good. Like, Brayton's usually good in practice. That's usually one of his specialties, and it was not good at all. Yeah, but I will, again- I will add one touch to this because mm-hmm. uh, I, I wondered going in. So I, I've had a similar schedule to what Justin's done, maybe even heavier, you know, because I raced all the way through December too. Sometimes when you race so much in the off season like this, you come in really, really flat to Anaheim because you're, you've had so much racing and traveling and you've had to put so much intensity into the off season that you're a bit burnt out physically and mentally for A1. I, I know I dealt with that, and it was really tough. You, all you were looking for was a break at that point, and most people are so excited they're jumping out of their boots at A1. So it would be interesting to, to see what he thought about that if he if he just felt a little bit underwhelmed uh, with A1 where everybody else had you know been circling this for so long. I, it's just something I wondered on the day, and I could be completely off well, on that. But I, think, I know I uh, battled it in my own career. I think like Sealy, this track didn't suit Brighton. You know, didn't, yeah, I think that's fair. I, didn't I, I don't. I think Brayton's pretty good in these conditions, but obviously he had a bad night, so maybe so. Uh, Weimer was good, only a couple days on the bike, and I said, "Why didn't you put your suspension?" Like he's like, ah, "I struggle with suspension a little bit. We did some changes, worked better." I'm like, "You ride an RMZ, go over to that truck, literally across the way, grab your suspension, and just to start Anaheim one, just no time on the bike, run your suspension that you like and you test and you know and." He's like, well, yeah, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to impose on these guys, but the RCH guy said we could do it. And then after practice, he ran over there and said, "Give me my suspension." They said, "Yeah, we didn't bring it." So uh, he had to had to work with what they got um, for the JGR guys. They got it sorted out a little better, but 
I'm like, hey, you want to just keep the change to a minimum, you know? Um, so, but Weimer was good, 11th place. He's like tweeted out yesterday. He's like the Jason Voorhees. You can't kill him. He just keeps getting shots and riding well. And if he keeps getting 11s, I don't know where he's going to go after four races. But you know. but he was solid. I thought. Yeah, endurance was good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, props to Albertson and Schmidt, right, for making it. Schmidt yep. maybe not so much, but top Jimmy, good job. Uh, I felt like both of them are were. You know, did everything that they needed to do and rode rode well, solid, got good starts. Uh, nothing but nothing but congratulations for both of them. Um, Porcel didn't make it. Wow, he was all over. Yeah, that was a tough yeah. go. I mean, he yeah. had he basically had to pass a race winning level rider, and I know he was hurt and all that, but he had mm-hmm. to basically pass Trey Kennard to get in. That's yeah. that's a big ask. It <laughs> is. LZQ. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's funny, though, you watch CP, again, never put in one really hard lap in practice. He it, did try. No, he did try. No, he no. got to ninth. Well, yeah, well, I was, was going to say, he didn't, until, until the last lap, then he, like, motored down, and I watched the whole lap because I was waiting for this, right? I'm like, yeah, hey, he doesn't have mm-hmm. a time. He's, like, literally, like, he's, like, 16th right now. Um, yep. And I, so I'm like, okay, here it goes. And he went down, he laid it down, he did the old Purcell, tried as hard as he could, cut, went to the inside when he could everywhere to shorten up the track, and he came across the line, he was like, yeah, eighth. So maybe that's an indication that he's not quite where he was last year. But that's Yeah, a, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Let's not make any huge I, – I hate making huge conclusions off of A1. I really don't like that. Um, but it was definitely an underwhelming night. I mean, when you don't – I don't think qualifying eighth or ninth is, is – very bad. I think that's actually pretty good, uh, but not making the main event. I mean, you have three ch- three chances at it. I can't imagine that anybody was like, ah, we'll you know we'll yeah. get him next week. I'm well, sure I there just, had to be some. I just mean like, yeah, calling him eighth or ninth is fine for for most guys, but he's sh- shown us that he can go right into the mix. You know, and I think he will. I, yeah. I still think he will. I, I um, did you guys see Michael Lessie's case? Of the, of the you know, I wish I had it. Oh, uh, he didn't even get his front tire over the no. third jump as much as you could case it. And then I'm like, oh, he saved it. Like, oh, okay. And then I don't know. Like, did he? Do you think he KO'd himself? No, or? he uh, he broke or cracked or something to some ribs, and he couldn't breathe. So he basically like Dude, it passed was w- out from not being able to breathe. Fell that, over and basically passed out. That was weird, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he'll be out then for a little bit if you sit. I I can't I can't speak to that, but I can't imagine he's going to be able to race. If no. he, if he, if they are broken or cracked or anything like that, yeah. I can't imagine he'll be able to race this weekend. No, no, man, scary looking thing. I'm I'm like, did he have a seizure? You know what I mean? Like that's how weird it was where he right. just fell over. So yeah, uh, hopefully Mike will be all right um, soon. I thought they were going to red flag it. I really did, did. You? Yeah, yeah. Which would have been it would have been horrible for Mike. I'm glad he's okay, but. If he would have been okay and they overreacted and red flagged it, it would have been awesome for the racing, I think. But yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, Bogle, Bogle was okay. Tickle was right in the mix until he fell late in the race. Tickle uh, was trying to get around Dino or trying to get around Bogle when he fell. Yeah, he was in that battle with yep. Dino and Weimer and Bogle, and yep. there was a big gaggle of them. Just Suzuki guys everywhere. Just Suzuki. Yeah, it was. Um, we, were, we were just doing backflips in the stands. Yeah. Um, anything else on the 450s, Weege? This is hilarious. I'm watching the uh, the show right now, just in the background, and they're showing Reed battling it out to I don't know position two for like ninth. And out of the corner of your eye, you see Anderson 
just go straight to the inside and cut in front of people on the turn before the start straight. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'm like, yep. ah, classic Anderson. It was good, yep. though. It was, it was, a, it was a, nothing wrong with that move. Yeah, nothing. I was watching that. So you know, yeah, is no, just the so sick They're racing moves. moves. These are racing moves. These yeah. are more aggressive than most, but they're he's trying to pass them. That's all it was. Yeah. But Seeley has got to yep. be so sick of it. Right? Yeah. Got to be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's yep. been going on for like three years. Every every time yeah. he just he just kind of moves Seeley wherever he wants him. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Once in a while, Seeley's going to snap here. He's just going to lose it. Um, yeah, like Atlanta. Right. Um, all right, let's get listen to this commercial from Race Tech and Michelin Michelin Starcross Five on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast show. We'll come back with a look at two fifties. Race Tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over thirty years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. 
Fly Racing, Racer X podcast. So flyracing.com. Please check them out. F2 Carbon Helmet with MIPS. Great helmet. Uh, terrific. Uh, right off the shelf, guys like Pike and and uh, and Canard uh, wearing the exact helmet um, that uh, that they sell. So flyracing.com. And uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas here on the show recapping Anaheim 1. San Diego coming up this weekend. Um, all right, 250s. Well, yeah, we all had McElrath doing exactly that, huh, Weech? We all had it. Oh. I mean, Oh, yeah. Uh, hundreds of thousands picking McElrath at the top of their list. It was ridiculous. Uh, he, they actually, yeah, he, they, I heard they took him off fantasy because he was just number one pick. Everyone just said, screw it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even bother. I mean, he's going to win it in a row. It was like Webb last year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fifth, won the heat race, 15 laps led in the main event every lap. By the way, the timing worked out to be exactly like the old school lap counts, so that was weird. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, wow. Wow, Weege. You know McElrath, Weege. Yeah, that was still, I mean, impressive. I mean, yeah, just because I know him or knew of him coming up or anything like that. But, I mean, first of all, as impressive as anything, uh, J-Mart threw down a heater in practice. I think it was kind of surprising. At one point, J-Mart had a huge gap over everyone else in fastest lap time. So when he got the whole shot and led the heat, you're like, that's ah, over. He's already faster than qualifying. He's got this. And McElrath just stayed with him, stayed with him, and then just passed him straight up and won it. And yeah. I was like, wait. Yeah. To me, was as impressive as even winning the main because, like I said, Martin was ahead of him, and Martin has was the fastest in qualifying. So that's when you knew things were trending in the right direction. I uh, I saw Plessinger lay a lap down in practice, and I think I told both of you this maybe on a text or I, I don't know. By the way, I'm in too many group texts for Anaheim one. I got to get out of this. Um, but uh, I saw Plessinger lay a lap down. I happened to be watching him. It was so fast. He made the whoops look like they weren't even there. And it was amazing, and he came across the line number one, and I'm like, okay, there it is. Oh, my God, Aaron Plessinger. And somehow, like a lap or two later, J-Mart went eight-tenths faster than Plessinger, and I watched Plessinger's lap. I don't know how that happened. Props to J-Mart, though. Wow. So those guys were throwing it down. Yeah, but that's how impressive McElrath was. Plus, to win Anaheim 1 with some pressure, win your first race with some pressure, and then in the race there actually was, because Blessinger was coming the last three or four laps. He was going three to four tenths quicker. Yep, he was coming, um, for sure. So he had to start feeling that pressure. That was tough. Um, by the way, we were eating Italian at the Geico truck, Weed, you and I. and um, Free. Yeah, for free. And I saw uh, LaRocco there, and I said, hey, what happened between first and second practice for – for Jamar, what'd you guys do, or what was the deal? And Larocco just went, oh, he's decided to go, want to go faster. All right, Mike. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Um, anyways, so okay, this is a stupid question, maybe. JT. Okay. I love stupid questions. Like, can McElroth win this title? He like can. for real? Like for like for reals? He can. I don't think he's the favorite. I still don't. Even after such a great performance, I, I don't have him as a favorite. I think Plessinger is the favorite. But he can. He certainly can. Uh, I, I think he'll have a couple weekends where he just doesn't have, air quotes, it. Um, but oh. to answer your question, yes. That was... The answer to your question is yes. I just I still like Plessinger as, a, as the odds-on favorite. Yeah, Aaron took a little while to get going, but once he did, he was coming. Uh, J-Mart, bad start, terrible start. Came around the first lap in 12th. Never heard this before. Can't do that. He was he was all right, but he can't do that. So, but what about in the heat race when when Macarat just laid it down on him? Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. Um, 
Forkner was good, too. Fastest lap of the night for Forkner. He uh, had to check up in the whoops, he said, for a slower rider, which was his teammate, by the way. And uh, then he, <laughs> he uh, yeah, he went down. Perfect somersault. Front flip. Good job, Forkner. Um, he was kind of off the pace, though, all day, huh, JT? Like, I kept waiting for this Forkner kid to pop up even in the top three or show me something. And, I mean, look, it's a rookie. He admitted he was really nervous. Um so it was all right. Yeah, it was okay. And I, I was a little bit surprised on, on Friday and Saturday, just, you know, talking with everybody, just like everybody does at day one. I, you literally never stop talking to people you haven't seen in a few No, months. I know. Yeah. But I heard a pretty consistent message, and that was that Forkner was a bit off the pace. Um, whether it was in Florida practicing uh-huh. against Jeremy Martin or whether it was at the Cowie track or wherever he went, he was just a touch off. And some of the reports I heard were a little crazy. Like he was multiple, multiple okay, seconds I, off. Did you, did, you, did I ever tell you that my source and I texted you about Forkner in Florida? Uh, maybe. Someone told maybe. me he was three seconds off of yeah, Marty. Yeah, I did. I did hear that. I had heard it before you told me, but then you told me again. Okay. So we probably got it from the same person. I'm just but, like, stop it. Stop it. But yeah, maybe he was. But I heard that over and right. over. And it, wasn't, it was from people who wouldn't have talked to each other. Yeah. So I, wrote, I lowered my expectations a bit for him going into the night, and he was about where I thought he would be. After. So I guess the point of it is if I hadn't talked to everyone, my initial reaction was he was going to be podium all day, probably mm-hmm. win. Yep. But going into the night after talking to everyone, I was like, eh, he's probably going to be a touch off, and, that, and that's kind of where he ended up. Right. So after round one, do, Weege, do you, do you say, hey, Forkner's a bit off? J-Mart's still a question mark, and now we go McElrath-Plessinger as our guys? Uh, I think Fortner's going to be heard from. I think he's going to figure it out. The thing is, the times weren't good, but when you watch him ride, he just looks like he knows what he's doing out there, even considering it was his first Mm -hmm. um, Supercross. He's going to figure it out. Like, Is he going to win the title? I still think it's a little weird to be saying a rookie is championship favorite, which there you go. You see what happened in the first round. I mean, he could still win the title, but mm-hmm. just a lot stacked against you. But he's going to ride it well. He's going to figure it out. I'm sure he's going to win some races or at least one. It's a long way from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hand it to those two guys for sure. Uh, Oldenburg got fourth. Marty got third. Marty set a fastest lap in practice and then lost the front end in a in a berm. Next lap. That was odd. <laughs> um. But decent ride by Marty, although he can't be pumped to – he almost got caught by Oldenburg late in the race, and that's – you know, he kind of lost the top two, and then – so that wasn't great by him, but third is fine. Uh, Justin Hill, fifth. J-Mart, sixth. Reardon was okay in seventh. I uh, thought he rode well. Yeah. I thought Reardon rode, rode really well. Yep. Uh, Chisholm, I thought, rode pretty well. Uh, he only got tenth. He, his endurance struggled – he struggled his endurance a little bit, uh, but he got a good start from, from kind of outside. So bike's fast. You know, Chiz is yeah, a big I a, dude. I was a little bummed to see him give up those spots at the end. Yeah. But he, otherwise, it was great. He, uh, I, th- I think he was tired. That's it. I don't think there was any Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. just, I, I thought he would have had a little bit more in the tank. Um, Jimmy D came from way back to get ninth. He uh, had to go to the LCQ, too, by the way. Um, I'm not off the bear bandwagon that I've been on. You know I've been driving the bear bandwagon. You two guys know that. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not off the bear bandwagon, but we, we got to fix things for San Diego, or I'm, I'm jumping ship. I'm out of there. So, um, disappointing for the Bear, JT. Disappointing, yes. 
uh, I, he made no bones about it. I mean, he said he just had a horrible night. So I think uh, San Diego will be very telling. If he comes out and is the same guy, he runs around ninth or 10th, I think we can pretty much expect that the rest of the West Coast. Yeah, he's got to pick it up. Or otherwise I'm off the bandwagon. I mean, that's terrible if, I, if that happens. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's got to show some flash. I mean, that's the whole thing is get out there and show some speed, put in some at least – at least in practice, like get your confidence up by turning in some crazy good laps. I think that that could really turn the corner for him. Did you guys see that photo of Phil from practice? Feet off the back. Yeah, that's how he rolls. <laughs> <laughs> what about Phil? Um, got a good start. Was third. Mel Ross bike. Uh, he said Mel Ross hit him, and then Mel Ross's bike quit, which sucked for him, and he threw it down, which I didn't like. Come on, Mel Ross. Um, bash him forever now? No, just don't throw your bike down like that. I know you're mad, but just, you know. Um, what about Phil, though? What do we think? Weege? I'm just so glad that both Phil and Pike lived up to the billing. Um, <laughs> somebody's bike broke by trying to ram into Pike. Pike threatened to kill, I think, literally, literally have someone. I think he told me when I was done talking to him that he – he knows that he would get in trouble if he killed Freezy, so he might just hire someone to have him killed. Um, <laughs> right. And I told Coy that, and Coy's like, that's thinking out of the box. I like it. <laughs> um, so I love that Pike just totally lived up to everything Pike stands for. Right. And then Phil also. I mean, it could not have been more of a Phil night. Um, and I don't mean the shoe dog. I mean, it was Phil's night as far as. Yeah, qualifying, gets into a champion, barely gets in, then finally gets a good start in the main when it counts, and then gets his rear brake pedal bent, and he's in the mechanics area on the first lap. So, Phil. Yeah, yeah so much happens to him all the time. And it's, and then the Giants lost, and he got a flat on his bicycle, and he was he tweeted out he was waiting for food poisoning to hit. So, um, But he was okay. With that start, he probably would have got a fifth or sixth, don't you think? I think he and Chiz were both pretty fast. They were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other people seem to think this is going to be a disaster, but they both rode, I think, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, JT, don't you think? Like, with that start, he probably gets a fifth or sixth? All right, B3. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think he would have beat J-Mart, so I have to put him seventh at best. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. The funny, best story I heard. Uh, I think maybe all day was that they were testing. You know, that, that's a Yosh effort, the 250 effort underneath the JGR truck. The best story I heard all day was when they started testing, Phil had parts that were marked Stroop 45 from, <laughs> from 09. He was, that's awesome. He was using Stroop's parts from 09. So, um, anyways, um, what else? Uh, the cat. Who knew the cat even rides the West Coast, Weege? I thought the cat retired. Good job for the cat making the main. I got not lots. Yeah. Uh, Always lands on its feet. I don't know anything about John Ames, but I think he hurt himself pretty good. Nice work, Wink, in the main event, but opening lap. Looks like he had a wrist first or break. arm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first uh, cross. Blake Lilly. I don't know much about Blake Lilly. Good job, though, making it in. Brad Taft. Bradley Taft. Why don't we just call him Brad? I don't get that. But uh, what do you think of Taft, JT? He was pretty good. His main event wasn't awesome. I, I didn't really love his, the way he rode in the main event i don't know how else to really say it mm -hmm. um kind of was just battling and and there wasn't a lot of intensity 
And I know his start wasn't good, uh, but I think he'll look back on that main event and, and regroup from it. But the rest of his day was awesome. I thought he rode practice well. Is he qualified smartly? He was didn't fastest do in his stupid. group, right? He was fastest in his group, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was like top ten overall. And uh, yeah, so I, I think he'll learn from that main event and, and realize he's got to he's got to push harder at the beginning because he just looked a little lackadaisical out there to me. All right, what else caught your eye, Weege, in two fifties? Uh, we've covered like 15 dudes. Okay, well, right, so something I didn't. Sorry, bro. Like 22, right. I feel at this point. Uh, Scotty, uh, Josh Hansen did make it. Not a good night for Hanny. Not a good night for Hanny. Didn't ride well either at any point, right? At any point, did any of you guys say, "Oh, Hanny's on it"? Nope. 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 Um, Not one time. Scotty Champion. Uh, that's Phil got into it with Scott Champion. Scott Champion told me he rode like a squirrel out there. <laughs> Phil said, so good. It, Phil said to him, it's going to be a long season if you keep talking to me like that. So, <laughs> oh, so <laughs> don't know good. if the throat gesture came at that point or later or throat slit gesture. Um, These arguments make me happy. I know, right? It's <laughs> so good. So, uh, what else? So, okay, Anaheim won. Yeah, well, I'm, I should have prepped you guys for this before we wrap it up here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. I uh, should have prepped you guys on this question, but most interesting uh, conversation you had in the day. At Anaheim one. Most interesting combo? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 mm. what'd you have? Uh, you know, I mean, like you said, you talk to everybody, you walk around, right? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um I'm trying to think. I think I um talked a little bit to the Honda guys in the morning before practice started about sort of the bike and things they did and andrew short was involved in that too uh conversation mm -hmm. a little bit um yeah again just um you know just reinforces what 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 i've been saying bike's good bike is good <laughs> so i think my most interesting was talking with some of the the rocky mountain ktm crew just all of the politics and rumors and who's fast and who's not and who's you know who yeah. who likes this about their bike all, all the inside stuff that i could never repeat and they know that, but it was all the KTM test track gossip. Right. That stuff's pretty interesting. I uh, screw the Rocky Mountain guys. Uh, Weege and I went over there for, for dinner. Alyssa Moore, too, was there. And um, burgers, too, long line, no burgers ready, none of that. Bullshit. So, no Bubba burgers. Weege, right? We were pissed. Yeah, we had to go switch from uh, burgers to hot dogs over at... Uh JGR. He didn't. I don't know why we even gamble. Like, just go. We should just go straight for the Wiener Schnitzel. We always think we're going to avoid the hot dog, and we always end up. The, the Wiener Schnitzel never has a line. It's always ready. There's multiple people to help you. It's very well organized. Lots of toppings. Right? I mean, it's. Yeah, no line. Yeah, solid. But I, but I don't like the uh, hot dog itself. Like, I'm like, I want to eat something better. Do you know what I mean? Like, Wiener Schnitzels are good hot dogs, but they're still hot dogs. So I'm always like, I want to eat something better. But. It's just—it's like a moth to a flame. I know you're big on the, on the health. I mean, I know you're big on thank you vegetables and <laughs> four food groups. Thank you. Which hot dogs are none of them. Thank you. Um, my best combo. This is no surprise. I saw Eric Bernard, and I knew as soon as I saw him that it was going to get good, and I was going to learn a lot. Yeah. About big, big stuff in the industry. So that that wins. But yeah. the second would be—I um, thought the winner was going to be uh, uh, Al Brain's agent, asking about the. Situation over there at Moto mm -hmm. Concepts. It was great, but you you just cannot be talking to Eric Bernard. He's the insider of insiders, I believe. I, I got a lot of people talking about that top thirty article still uh, that we did that you guys helped me with, both of you. Um, 
a lot of people still want to talk about that. So that's cool. You know, about like, yeah, I read yeah, it, and, and you know, and yeah. Mitch was made a joke about it, and first bought, first thing I went by, Mitch is great, he's awesome. I went by there, and he said, "I can't talk to you. I'd like to talk to you, but I can't because we're in the pits <laughs> and <I'm> talking <laughs> about the new media thing." So I'm like, "Okay, we can't talk. All right." Oh. So, where did this originate from? Well, I can tell you what I heard, but I don't know if it's true. Okay, good enough. Should I just spout it? Should I just? Should well, I just I've heard say nothing. So, well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. So, all right, fair enough. But okay, I'll do it. I heard that it was uh, KTM who was a big part of this. KTM saying our guys are hanging out of the truck and they're doing multiple interviews and everything else, and, and let's get it organized. Just want to streamline it. Yeah, and I think I can see that. I can see that. And I think for Feld, like the video interviews again, we talked about the difference between video and audio. There's some confusion there. I get Feld saying, hey, if you're going to do video interviews, can you guys get some light, Transworld? And can you have our backdrop behind you to make it look more professional instead of people milling around and darkness and, you know what I mean, the way they, they did the How Was Your Weekend videos before. Yeah. So I understand that. I, I can understand from the rider side because you end up saying the same thing 30 times. Right. So to be able to say it once would be pretty awesome. Yep. So, um but yeah, talking to th- that top thirty list definitely made some people's conversations and where they should be and everything else. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and then the Honda guys, yeah, I talked to them for a bit. And um, yeah, coffee at the Pro Circuit truck was was on was on point. So that's good. Knowles looked our buddy John Knowles. Did you guys talk to John Knowles at all? I did. He looked tired. I thought he looked like he was going to fall asleep sitting there. I don't know what the goggle prep was for anybody. I don't know how that went, but. Very worried about him. I hung out with him all Friday night. So, yeah, he might have been. We went to the classic uh, Friday night El Toritos with Johnny Knowles, Anaheim One Tradition, yep. where he slams half the people in the industry. And <laughs> did he not tell you? Hey, did Johnny, Knowles, did Johnny Knowles not tell you that he's over it already? He was. He was over it <laughs> the night before the first race of the year. Yeah. <laughs> life of a goggle guy, right. everyone. You want to be a goggle guy, this is what your life comes to. You come to A1 before and you're it. over it. <laughs> before the race. The day before the race. Um, went to El Torito's then. Um, you showed up late because of um, the 15 was shut down. You couldn't get in from Vegas. So I had to fall on the sword, the good friend I have. I had to make the ultimate sacrifice. I had to go to a hockey game. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could have gone. Oh, I had to go to an NHL game. Uh, so then I broke down with Nulls for several more hours, and then him and Primo, the other guy from Scott, decided to go back to El Doritos for round two. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, geez. Yeah, so that might have explained everything on Saturday. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that could be. He looked like he was struggling. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> tr- And track walk time, I made it to to the whoops. First turn, went through there, made it down the whoops. Then I saw Tim Ferry and Nick Way, and it was over from there. So, <laughs> All right. That's it, A1, uh, on the Fly Racing Racerex podcast. All right, JT, we look forward to you being even angrier next week at the 94 and his domination. I'm not angry. You got, you got me all wrong. I know. I'm kidding, but... You look, I don't really care. I would I like to congratulate you on the championship, though. <laughs> I, I would like I to am very, I want to be the first. To, yeah. I want to be the first. Congra- congratulations, Kenny, on the title. It's great. Great work. You dethroned Ryan Dungey. <laughs> I will definitely congratulate him. I just, for me, it has nothing to do with the riding. It's all about the approach and the attitude. That's all. 
He was good. He's riding, though. you can't really. I mean, there's nothing yeah. you can say. What are you going to say? He looked. He looked like, like fairy in his prime. Like he looked good. Bold, right? So, um, we'll see. San Diego this weekend. Everyone's got to figure this out and, and stop this dude um, from uh, from making it a runaway. I look forward to Vince Freeze and Weston Pike getting together again. Any anywhere at any point in San Diego. I got it. Oh, see. it's coming. It's coming. It'll be great. Uh, all right, Jason Wygan, Jason Thomas, thanks, boys. See you. See you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.